This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Look, I cannot convey how excited I am about doing this next podcast. This is, without doubt, one of my favourite topics to talk about, and it's a topic that as a father, as a coach, as an educator, as a human being that I am constantly learning about, even this week, things that have happened in my family have opened my heart and my mind and maybe even given me a little bit of wisdom about being a parent. What I'm going to talk to you about today is this. What is the real role of sporting parents? And I'm going to give you five practical ways that you as a parent or you as a coach who works with parents, or maybe you as a teacher who works with parents, five practical ways that you can enhance your sports parenting. I've done, as I've told so many people, I've done thousands of sporting parent presentations around the world. I did my first one around about 1992, 1993 in Canberra in Australia. And since then, I've done sporting parent presentations throughout Africa, Asia, the United States and Canada, the UK, Ireland, most of Europe most of the Asia-Pacific region, New Zealand, and of course, Australia. And I've done so many and maybe stood in front of 100,000 sporting parents, parents in swimming and in hockey and in netball and in gymnastics and rugby and rugby league and football. I have had sessions with one-on-one with parents, small groups and up to a 1,000 parents at any one time, all there to try and find out what it is that they can do as parents to help their children realise their sporting potential. So what I'm going to share with you now is based on a lot of practical experience, both in my professional capacity and as a parent, not just through my own parenting lessons, but through the parenting journeys of many, many other friends and colleagues and professional relationships that I've got as well. All right, first of all, so the real role of a sporting parent. Now, it's easy as it is in all industries to get bogged down in the practical things and say, well, you know, as a sporting parent, as a parent of children, my job is to pay the fees, to drive them around, to have mum's bus or dad's bus, to make sure that they've got food, that they go to school, that they learn, that they're not spending all their time on social media, that they're actually going to bed, that they're getting sleep, that they're learning some good habits for life and that we're fostering the development of values, character and virtue. But a lot of parents will overly obsess and overly focus on the payment of fees or food or things they can immediately see and measure and count or download or purchase. But it doesn't matter where you are in the world. There are some fundamental aspects of parenting and sports parenting that don't cost any money. 
You know, I'm a big believer in the things that really make a difference to us as human beings, the things that define us as people, are mostly the things that you can't see, the things that are mostly invisible in that you can't see them obviously or immediately or quickly or simply. It's the things that we can't see, can't feel, can't immediately measure in a tangible way that are the things that make us most human and are the things that make a big difference in our lives. Recently, I was asked, what have I learned about working with Olympic gold medalists and working with successful Olympic athletes and professional sport athletes? What is it, the interviewer asked, what is it that makes them tick? What is it that inspires them? Why do they do what they do? And without hesitation, I said it's because they love what they do that it's the love of what they do that keeps them going. It's the love of what they do that gets them through the tough times, the failures, the moments when they don't achieve the level of success that maybe they aspire to. It's the failures that quite often will break athletes, but when athletes love what they do, they will do what they love. When they love what they do, they will do what they love. And over the next 20 minutes or so of this podcast, you'll hear me use the word love a lot because as many of you will know from your personal lives, from your friends, from your family, from people that you're connected with, that as human beings, that one thing, the way that we love ourselves as human beings, the way we give and receive love is so fundamental to who we are as people that it's important to understand its role and our role of parents in fostering love with our children, the way they give and receive love, the way they love themselves, and then the role that that actually has in their sporting experience and potentially even their sporting success. So what are the five, what are the five things that I would suggest really underpin great sports parenting? The first thing is what I call all the L's. With your kids, listen to them. Look at them as they're speaking. Pay attention to them. Connect with them. Engage with them. Learn about them as people and, of course, love them. And I'll talk about that a lot more throughout this podcast. What I find is that we might be around our kids a lot. We might be sitting at the dinner table with them or driving them to football or that we might be sitting next to them watching a movie. But in many cases, we're not actually listening to them. We're not looking at them. My children are growing up very fast and very recently I had the opportunity to go out with one of my grown-up kids and just sit there for two hours across the dinner table and talk as two men. And it was revealing, it was remarkable, it was powerful, it was enjoyable, it was insightful. And I sat there and I went, when did this kid become so remarkable? When did he become just so brilliant? Where did he get this intuition for? His level of understanding about human beings, his ability to express his feelings and his emotions. Where, where did he get his intelligence from? And it blew my mind and I realised that even though we'd spent a lot of time together, the amount of quality time hadn't been nearly enough. 
And all the time while I was watching him play and referee football, all the time that we'd spent doing things as dad and son, underneath the surface was growing this remarkable human being. And I didn't fully understand that until we sat down and I listened, I looked, I learned about him as a human being, and I went, wow, I love this kid. He is remarkable. Parents do not miss those opportunities. Sitting and watching movies and sharing popcorn is all part of the journey, particularly when they're young. But find time to get to know and understand your kids, who they really are. And that will help you with the rest of the themes and the principles that I'll go through in this podcast. Secondly, as a parent, as a sporting parent, your child should go to bed each night knowing with absolute certainty that they are loved, they are valued, and they are accepted for who they are. Your wonderful daughter, your incredible son, your amazing son, daughter, that they are loved, valued, and accepted for who they are as a human being. Not for what they do, not so that you can challenge why they do what they do, but they go to bed at night and as they're closing their eyes, there's a little voice that says, man, I know I'm loved. I know my family, my mum and dad value me as a human being, as a person, and they accept me completely, unconditionally, and wholeheartedly for the human being that I am. Those of you that have had experiences with the mental health system, those of you who have had children, had family, had friends, or you yourself who've gone through challenges with mental illness, how often has it been that ultimately when working with a psychologist, a mental health practitioner, a psychiatrist, how often has it come down to you only understanding love as a conditional thing, a conditional feeling, that if I do this well, I'll get love. If I buy that, I'll get love. If Because that for so many people is the way they've experienced love, value, and acceptance. And let's talk specifically about that in a sporting context. One of the things I talk to parents about is social media. One of the examples I love to throw up is the medal photo. So you've got an 11-year-old child who wins a running race or wins a tennis match or wins a grand final, wins a swimming event. And on your Facebook, on your Instagram, on your social media, as a parent, we're so proud and we want to recognize that amazing performance for what it is. Great success for somebody that I care about, that I love, my child. So on your social media, you go, here's little Johnny, here's little Susie, check out their medal, aren't they wonderful? They won today. I'm so proud of them. Check them out, check them out. And friends and family, oh, yes, they're great and you're wonderful and incredible performance and on so and so and so. The challenge I have for parents is what do you do when they're 6th, 4th, 15th, 27th? Because if you don't show gregariously, if you don't show an outward expression of recognition, value, love and acceptance for your child's effort, for their hard work, for their dedication, for their commitment, for them putting themselves out there and doing the best they can, what message are you sending that child? What's the message you're sending them about the way you feel about them? Well, I win 
and mum and dad tell the world how wonderful I am. I come sixth and I've done a wonderful time and I've done better than I've ever done before, but there's no photo because there's no medal around my neck. There's no performance for me to hang it on. Therefore, unless I win, I have no love, value and acceptance from mum and dad. That's how it can work with some kids. And what flows from that, parents, can be hideous. A child who thinks the only way I get love is to be successful and to win might, might decide that, well, I'm not going to take that risk ever again. Maybe I drop out of sport because I'm not prepared to put my love on trial and have it tested. They might go the other way and think perfectionism is a pretty good idea and perfection is a hideous disease. Perfectionism is a terrible thing. You do not want your children aspiring to be perfect. It's a dead end. It's a road that that creates so many terrible issues, particularly in their mid-teens and maybe for the rest of their lives. Or you'll have kids going, well, if they only care about me when I do that, maybe I won't do any damn thing. Parents, unconditional love, value, and acceptance. If your kids win, give them a hug, give them a kiss, buy them an ice cream, tell them you're proud of them, and everybody goes out and gets pizza. If they come last, tell them that you love them, you value them, you think they're wonderful, buy them an ice cream, take them out for pizza. It makes no difference. Point three is what I call the rock. We are their rocks. We are their stable their continuity, we are the stability and the certainty and the clarity in their lives. And if they feel, all of us, if we feel that I only get the love, value and acceptance that I'm looking for when I am successful, what message does that send to them as athletes, as students, as members of our community? What does it say to them? that unless I get this absolutely right, the way that my mum and dad, the people whose love I crave more than life itself, the people whose love and acceptance and value I want more than maybe my next breath, that's how nourishing the love of a parent can be. And the child says, wow, if I do really well, if I score a try, I kick a goal, I get hugs and kisses and... They rub my hair and we talk all the way home. If I don't, nobody talks to me. Nobody hugs and kisses me. Nobody makes a fuss. Nobody shows that they care about me as a human being doing the best that I can do. So parents, consider yourselves as a rock. You are that strong, stable, consistent platform of love, value and acceptance that will not just help them learn to love who they are right now, but will be the foundations of the way they feel about themselves for the rest of their lives. Number four, forget the performance. I do live and recorded media most weeks. I get emails, texts, social media connections from parents all over the world. And most of the time, it's performance-related questions. The questions will go something like, Wayne, my daughter is an 11-year-old backstroke swimmer in Arkansas. How many sessions should she do a week? Wayne, my son is a 14-year-old tennis player in Kent in England. 
what he, should he be eating before and after competition? Wayne, my son, is a 16-year-old rugby player in New Zealand. How can I help him balance school and sport and still perform at the highest level? The message I've got for all sporting parents is this. Forget the performance. It doesn't matter. It's not important what they're achieving because in the end, your kids will keep doing what they do when they love what they do. If they love playing rugby, they'll keep playing rugby. If they love playing tennis, they'll keep playing tennis. If they love to swim or to run or to play cricket or hockey, if they love what they do, they'll do what they love. If we're overly focused on the outcome and the performance, that's a dead end because ultimately performance is an end point. Whereas loving what they do is establishing a lifelong habit, not just for them, but think about this, maybe for your grandparents or your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. The influence that you're having now on your children's sporting habits, on their lifestyle, on their commitment to health and well-being could have an impact not just on them, but on your grandchildren. Because in the same way that you're modeling great behaviors, unconditional love, value, and acceptance, so too will your kids with the next generation. That's how important this stuff is. So forget the performance. Ask yourself these questions. Is my child having fun at training? And doesn't matter what age it is. Recently, I worked with some professional football players. And at the end of training, they argued with their coach in a positive way that they didn't want training to end. Why? Because they're having a good time. They said, this is great. Can we do it a bit more? And we want to get to an end result in this little fun competition thing we're doing. And these guys were professional rugby league players arguing with the coach, please let us keep going. This is fun. It's as important then as it is with eight-year-olds. Forget the performance. Is it fun? Second, do they have friends, particularly with their peer group in their mid-teens? The number of kids who drop out of sport between 13, 16 years of age around the world is out of control, and it was way before COVID. It's one of the most common questions I get most days is, Wayne, how do I keep teenagers playing sport? And I'll talk about that to a greater degree in a little while. Do they have friends? Fourthly, do they have family support? Is family support, and it doesn't have to be a lot of money or buying them expensive equipment, but does mum or dad or brother or sister or grandma, grandpa, does someone from the family support what they're trying to do, even if that's just driving them there and then sitting in the grandstands and smiling. But do they have some sort of support structure, support environment, support network around their sport experience that gives them that certainty and continuity with what they're doing? Next question to ask is, are they learning anything? Are their skills getting better? Are they improving are they getting better technically, tactically, physically, mentally, emotionally? Are they learning? Are their skills improving? Are they getting better? Because we know that regardless of what level of performance the kids may be at, 
if they're thinking that what they're doing is fun, if they've got friends and a peer group that they love, value, and have great relationships with, that it's got meaning for them to be there in that environment, if they know they've got a stable support structure, stable support network and system around them, and they're learning and getting better, then they'll stick at it. If the only thing we talk to them about is one day playing in the English Premier League or playing in the NBA or winning Olympic gold medal or making money on the tour, my belief is the more you focus on the performance and the less you focus on the person, the inevitability of failure and the inevitability of having your child drop out of sport becomes greater and greater. Forget the performance, focus on the person. And finally, number five, and this is going to be a difficult one for so many of you. When your child turns 12 or 13, when they enter high school, let it go. Let go of it. Place less importance in their sport. Now, that sounds to be in complete contrast with what you think because most people will say when your child gets to high school, it's more serious. When they're 12, 13, when they've gone through their growth spurts or when they're starting to get more physically mature, more focus, get more serious, recruit them into talent programs, all that stuff. I'm telling you as parents, I'm begging you as parents, when they turn 12 or 13, from your perspective, let it go. Stand back and let it go. Care less about their sport and more about them as your children. You know, I understand it. I have four kids and I work with kids and parents all the time, all over the world. It's one of the foundations of my business and what I do week to week is working with kids and parents and I get it. I really do. I understand that you believe that your 12-year-old is going to play international football for their country. I understand you believe that your child's going to break the world record. I understand you want those things because you love them so much and you want to see them succeed. But when they're 12 or 13, you've got to let it go and change your role from being focused on their performance and their sport to encourage them to choose to do it the way that they need to do it, the way they want to do it, the way that they love to do it. Teach them independence. Teach them responsibility. Talk to them about ownership of their own sport performance. Parents, you have to let it go. Because think about you and think about them. When you were that age, what did you crave more than anything? Is the support and acceptance of your peer group, freedom, you're growing into becoming the adult that you eventually would. It's about independence and self-responsibility. They need to be driving their own sporting story. Now, quite often I get these emails and these contacts from parents saying, how do I motivate my kids to keep playing sport? How do I drive my kids to keep wanting to be the best? They've got so much potential. I really don't want them to drop out, but they're saying to me they want to. The answer is, let it go. There is nothing you can do. 
parents will make the mistake of going, I think my child's going to drop out, let's buy better equipment or let's put them into a gym program or let's give them more monetary incentives and let's find... I don't think any of that works, parents. I don't believe any of that works. When they're 12 or 13, when they're entering high school, as far as you're concerned, step back, let it go, teach them to be independent, to be responsible. Let them know you're there. Let them know you love them. Let them know you value and care for them, but let go of their sporting practice, planning, preparation and performance. Allow them to accept ownership and responsibility for it. And if they've got aspiration and they've got talent, they'll do something with it. If they haven't, that's great. It's been fun. It's been enjoyable. And hopefully, they'll keep being active and fit and healthy for the rest of their lives. Very, very few kids will ever play a professional ever break a world record, go to Olympic Games. It is not about the performance. It is about the person. So let's recap. Parents, of course, provide the practical foundations of just living. Money, sporting fees, nutrition, school, time management, life together as a family group. Those are the practical foundations. But to be a great sporting parent, it goes a lot deeper. Number one, listen, look, learn, love. Listen to your kids. Look at them as wonderful human beings. Learn as much as you can about them as people and love them. Number two, unconditional love, value and acceptance for who they are, not for what they do. Not to be there to challenge why they've chosen to do something, but just to accept it, to love them and value them unconditionally, not transactionally. If you do this, you'll get that unconditionally. Three, we are their rock. If they come first, we treat them the same way as if they came last. It doesn't matter to us. Sure, we cry and the dark and wish that our children could have got something they wanted to get. Sure, we get sad about it from time to time. We're human beings and we love them dearly. But in terms of our relationship with them, we are their rocks, we are their foundations, we are their stability, we are their certainty, we are their clarity. Four, forget the performance. De-emphasize the outcome and ask yourself, are they having fun? Do they have friends? Do we have a family network of support around them and are they learning, improving and getting better? And find number five, for those of you with teenagers, 12, 13-year-olds, those who are entering high school, let it go. Do not drive their performance. Do not motivate their performance. Let it go. Teach independence, teach self-responsibility, love them, support them, give them what they need, but ultimately allow them to accept ownership for their own sporting performance and things will be fine. This has been Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.